Welcome everyone to another episode of the Decision Hour. I'm Adam, and with me, as always, I got my partner in crime, Patty. Patty. Adam, there how you- are you today? <laughs> I'm good. We're having a, a pretty good day, aren't we? We are. Yeah, we're on a roll today. It's great. <laughs> nice. Well, listen, we're going to jump right into uh, our show today, folks. We've got a very special guest lined up for you today. Uh, he's been a friend for for many years. Uh, he's a uh, uh, a mentor to to many. Um, he's raised millions, billions with a B, billions of dollars for um, uh, different uh, nonprofit organizations throughout the years. He's an author, uh, a friend. I'm going to bring him on right now, Mr. Brian Hazelgren. Brian, how are you? I am doing awesome. How are you? <laughs> Thanks for having me on, Adam. Absolutely. And thank you for those nice words. That's <laughs> awesome for you to say that. <laughs> well, it's true. I try to speak the truth as much as possible. Uh, I've known I've known you for a minute, and uh, we've, we've we've done some stuff in the past, and and, and uh, looking to do some more stuff in the future. So it's always good talking to you, and I'm glad we we've, we've been able to reconnect here as of recent. So. Absolutely. Welcome. So why don't you, Brian? Let's jump right into it. Why don't you tell our listeners? about yourself? Well, um, I'm I, probably my most important thing is I'm a father to six amazing kids uh, in, in, that, uh, in that mix. <clears throat> We've got two sets of twins. That's probably why I don't have any hair left <laughs> is uh, raising all those kids, especially my teenage daughters. <laughs> but uh, no, I've, uh, that's my most uh, proud moment of, of being on this earth is being a dad to six amazing kids. Nice. Um, and also we live in Mesa, Arizona. Um, I've been an entrepreneur, like you said, most of my adult life, uh, written 14 books. Uh, thank goodness. Sometimes some people buy those books. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've owned and operated a manufacturing business, um, a con- IT consulting firm, I've uh, raised a lot of money for children's hospitals over the years and uh, started a foundation for veterans to help them get back on their feet. And uh, when they come home from serving our country, uh, mostly what we do there is we help veterans start their own company, receive scholarship funds from fundraisers that we do, or we also help them find jobs. And uh, so that's what's led us into what, what I'm currently doing today, and that's in the healthcare field. I've been in healthcare for about 14 years, and uh, today we have a company where we actually have several veterans who are franchisees of our business. And so we, we are, are currently in the health and wellness space in providing services and products to doctors and their patients, uh, to companies and their employees, and then to senior care facilities and their patients. And that's, that's where we spend all of our time today, along with uh, raising as much awareness and, and funds as possible to help our veterans. And what's the name of that company uh, currently, Brian? Our business is called rx to live We call it the Prescription for Life. So the RX is like prescription. Um, so if anyone ever wants to look us up, they can go to rx to the number two, live.com. So it's rx to livecom Perfect. So if you folks are listening, those of you that are listening to the show right now, you're already online. Open up another browser and go to rx, the number two, live.com. Um, you guys have been doing a lot with this. I've been tracking rx to live and, and researched it now for, for a little while. 
Um, and, and recently, RX to Live is, is just uh, had sponsored something here as of recent. That was a pretty pretty big event of somebody paddleboarding up up the West Coast, like Alaska or something, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we actually partnered with Operation Torrent and Red Lux Productions. They are literally creating a documentary on brain trauma. And having been an old football player where I was told, you know what, buddy, your NFL career is done for. You, you've had too many concussions and your brain's turned into mush. Yeah. <laughs> I was told that a long time ago. And so uh, when I heard about the fact that Josh Collins, uh, an Army Ranger, is actually out telling people about TBI and PTS, and, which he suffers from, um, and been diagnosed with, and also with Parkinson's disease. He, he, we, I, I got a hold of his information, and because we're so connected with the veterans community as well as the for-profit side, you know what we said, Josh? This is amazing what you're doing. He's literally on a 750-mile trek or a race. It's called the Race to Alaska, but he's doing that 750 miles, literally on a paddleboard in waters that are about 28 degrees. Yeah. Um, and he does that for usually about eight to 12 hours a day. Um, what he's doing and the reason why we got behind it is because we all know the statistics, the horrible statistics that we hear about all the time with uh, 22 veterans every day taking their life. So he wanted to complete this race in 21 days and make a statement that he still can get up every day and, and accomplish amazing things. So we decided to support Josh. Um, they actually were kind enough to allow us to be a part of the documentary. That documentary will be released in November, right around Veterans Day coming up this year. So we're not only a sponsor, um, I'm, I'm also in the documentary and we're holding a discussion between athletes and veterans about what we've all experienced with our traumatic brain injury or other brain uh, issues, cognitive issues that we have to deal with every day. So we decided to sponsor Josh and his and the movie. That's awesome. Yeah, I've been watching that a little bit with uh, Michael JC and, and, and stuff. I had an opportunity to meet him for another project that I did a couple of years ago when I was down in Phoenix uh, and whatnot. So it, it's been uh, fun watching Josh's uh, uh, pro progression through this. I mean, I can't imagine just you know standing on a paddleboard and just sitting there paddling. Uh, you know, <laughs> I know in the Pacific Ocean, you're just like I, I that mean, is the, the dude is crazy. Yeah, for, for doing this, first of all, yeah, number one, but number two, he's in some really treacherous waters. I mean, it's not like it's just calm waters that he's on. You know, that eight to twelve hours a day. This, this and not to mention it's twenty eight degree water. Yeah, uh, he's he's really it's cool to watch his journey and see what he's accomplished. Yeah. So RX to live is you guys you were, you mentioned something about doing franchises and whatnot or helping veterans get into franchises with RX to live. Explain that model a, a little bit. That's that's intriguing to me because usually when I think of of the um, you know. F healthcare business you think of like a like a cvs or a, or a walgreens or a kind of a brick and right. mortar is that the same thing or is this something that people can do on their own set it up elsewhere yeah that's a great question we we actually do not have a physical location that the you know that the uh 
franchisee needs to go rent out space and build out the space and spend several hundreds of thousands of dollars doing that. We don't, we don't do that. We actually uh, offer services and products for three specific vertical markets, but it all focuses on health and wellness and medical or issues or healthcare issues. So what we're doing is we have our three vertical markets are helping physicians grow their practice. So we offer services and products to the physicians to literally generate additional income streams to help them grow their business and also to provide better healthcare options for their patients. Uh, the next area that we focused on, thir- uh, excuse me, second vertical market is workplace wellness. So we work with a lot of companies that utilize our app and a lot of our other services and products to help their employees find better health. Um, the whole mantra there behind that is we, we know that companies have a lot of employees that are showing up at half capacity or at 30%. So we work closely with the chronically ill employees that if they don't show up, they're going to lose their job. We, we actually help save the companies a lot of money by helping reduce healthcare expenses by working with a lot of their chronically ill employees and help the employees become more productive. So that's our second area is workplace health and wellness. And because of those two areas, um, we're now involved directly with senior care facilities um, because uh, last year I was presenting to a very large organization, but we were there to talk to them about their 2000 employees and our workplace wellness program. And they basically asked if we could tweak that model and work with their patients, their senior patients. And so we decided to enter into that space. And so we, we actually worked very closely with, with Medicare to see which of our services and products would be covered by Medicare or TRICARE um, and, and any other uh, commercial payers. We did not want any of our services and products to be a burden to the family and having to pay for that for their senior member being there in the, in the care facility. So all of our services and products are literally covered by Medicare or let's just say commercial and government payers. So, uh, and there's 40 codes that we've uncovered that are pretty cool and actually provide better patient care and additional revenue streams to the center. And it's not passed on to the families. Wow. That's something else. So you mentioned 14 years in the healthcare business, rx to live uh, and folks, if you're listening, again, open up another browser, go to rx2live.com, check out the services uh, that they offer. Um, what would you say has been the hardest thing for you uh, working with rx to live and, and trying to uh, brand this and, and build it? You know, the funniest thing, I guess, uh, I'll, I'll try not to laugh too loudly because it is kind of kind of a a sticking point with us. But sometimes when we're working with doctors, they're so analytical and so skeptical. It's very difficult to get them over the hump to say, you know what, doc, we are literally bringing you a quarter of a million dollars in new revenue. If you'll just partner with us, they have a hard time believing that sometimes. Um, It's true. (laughs) We've got 823 physicians or I'm sorry, practices using one of our software programs to generate literally tens of thousands of additional revenue each and every month coming to their bottom line if they just engage our services and products. And 
sometimes that's hard for a medical professional to wrap their minds around the fact that there's a business people out there that are trying to help them grow their practice and provide better patient care. Uh, and sometimes, you know, when I've done these workshops in front of a group of a large, a large body of doctors, they, they may look at me and say, well, you don't have MD Pat, uh, on the backside of your name. You're not a medical doctor. Well, that's true. And I'm not going to dissuade that argument. However, I will say, though, that we put together a pretty unique system that as business people, we can partner with those medical professionals and we can literally drive new streams of revenue. So that's been our biggest sticking point is help, helping some of the medical professionals get over the get over themselves, really, <laughs> and trying to stop being the, the smartest person in the room all the time. Um I say that tongue in cheek because that's literally been the case sometimes where uh, they, they don't know this, these business sides of things as well as we do. And we can bring that to them. More importantly, <clears throat> they're providing better patient care, but our franchisees are also benefiting from that. So they, they, the doctors uh, have better income, our franchisees have better income, and now we've decided to open up three vertical markets to allow our franchisees to find more success and really go to where their passion is. If they have a passion to work with senior seniors and senior care facilities, we've got a program, several programs actually under that umbrella. And we also ask them to go to where their connections are. And so that, that becomes the way that we help um, our franchisees. And by the way, we do have several veterans who are franchise owners in our system. We started this system basically back in January of 2017 we now have uh, 32 master franchisees. We have 30, uh, 33 single unit franchisees, and I've got about close to 40 salespeople nationwide that are now involved with us and making these products and services available in those three vertical markets. Are there different? I was just going to ask: Are there different levels of franchisees or 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 whatnot? And is there a you know, and my next question to that, Brian, is usually there's some type of cost involved when, when purchasing a franchise, uh, you know, and, and, I th- and I'm thinking of like, you know, you have like your McDonald's, your Burger Kings, or, you know, Wendy's, and I'm thinking of, that's obviously a different, that's fast food, but usually, and you, you've been in business for a very long time, and you and I have had these discussions in the past, is usually when you're franchising stuff out, there's some type of cost involved in that. Is that the same thing with with RX to live and what makes that so much different than maybe some of these other franchises that are out there? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, we actually have two levels of franchise ownership. The first level is what we call our single unit uh, area or territory. And that's usually about 250,000 in population. And there's a certain number of doctors that'll be a part of that certain number of companies and certain number of chiropractors and senior care facilities. So, the single unit franchise is a territory typically of about 250,000 in population. The franchise fee for that is 39,900. Um, and then if they go and they can, and, and by the way, if they do uh, purchase additional f- single units from us, they also get a literally a $10,000 break on the next ones um, because we don't have to spend so much time training and, and developing after that. The second level is what we call our master area developer or a master franchisee. And they will own a large metropolitan area like in LA, like a Dallas, like um, Miami. 
um, Chicago, or they'll own the entire state. Uh, I've got some franchisees that, you know, that bought the entire state out of those master area developers. So those are the two levels. And then when you're, when you're looking at the master area, um, you're, you're, you're acquiring a territory that has at least 2 million in population. We have breakdowns of 2 million, 4 million and 6 million plus. Wow. And then the, there's the franchise fees are different for the master area. Um, they start at about 168,000, they go up to about 300,000. But basically what you're doing is you're trying to bring on more single units. So for example, I'm, I'm, I'm one of the partners in RX to live, but I'm also the master franchisee for the state of Arizona. So I own Arizona and I've got single unit franchisees and, uh, they're out selling and generating their own income and their own business. And then, uh, the master also generates additional overrides of what they sell. Got it. Patty, so you I had have, a question. Yeah, I do have a question. Um, what do you look for in potential franchisees owners? Like, and what is your expectation of, um, who comes on board to help that's you a, out? That's a great question, Patty. Um, really what I want is people who are, uh, who are hungry about under, first of all, I, I need someone who's teachable. Um, that's honestly, that's first and foremost, their, their money doesn't mean anything to me. Uh, even, even their connections may not even mean anything to me if they're not teachable. Uh, I've got, I've got actually got a couple of franchisees that, you know, they, they always think they have the right answer. And honestly, they have not been doing this long enough to have all the right answers. So, uh, and they're not teachable and that's, that's a big, that's a big stickler for me. Are they teachable and willing to learn the system, because we are literally, you know, it's not like we just started this yesterday. We, we have a system involved in all three of those vertical markets. If they follow the system that we've devised, they'll find success. They'll generate income for their, their family and they'll build a business. So the first thing would be teachable. The second thing, I really want to have people who have a desire to exercise their connections in those three vertical markets. Cause I can, we can teach them, um, how to go out and sell the products and services and then support, you know, those accounts they bring on. But I really want them to have connections or contacts in an area. And I guess probably the, uh, the next area that I'd love that, that I'm not saying that these are one, one's more important than the other, but the third area would be passion. Where does their passion lie? They've got to have passion to be in business. Um, they've got, because it's not, it's not easy. As we all know, being a business owner, some days it's very difficult to even get out of bed to go and face some of the things that we have to face every day, but it's gotta be done. And that passion will override everything as long as they can keep that passion alive and burning. So definitely teachable, the connections they have that they can utilize, that they can literally leverage those connections and then having passion to grow their business. So what would you tell our listeners who would be interested in um, purchasing a franchise? What would, what do you have to say to them? Well, I would love to find out what they would like to accomplish. First of all, you know, I, I've got a couple of franchisees that came from corporate America, um, had a lot of money and decided, well, I'm going to be an entrepreneur now. I've been in corporate America for 35 years and I'm going to try this entrepreneur thing out. I would say, don't try it. Keep your money. 
because it's it's not the same as having everything done for you in corporate America with an entire team behind you, uh, you know, usually every day. Uh, it, it, I, I would have them sit back and maybe learn entrepreneurship uh, from a different level and not just jump in and spend a lot of money and then become frustrated because they're expecting everything just to be handed to them like they'd had for 30 or 35 years in corporate America. Uh, we, we want people who are interested in becoming an entrepreneur, but I want them to have fire in the belly to go out and actually do the work and realize it's not going to be easy and they have to sell. So what we always tell our franchisees is here's what we need from you. We'll provide all of the account information, all of the things on a national level from the software programs to even the people that we need to hire to make this work for you. I need them to market, to sell, and then support the accounts that they bring on. And that's really it. Yeah, those are such great points because I I know I've talked to so many people who thought that they wanted to start their own business and they didn't realize how much work there are tears even involved sometimes. Oh yeah, lots of tears. Uh, maybe that's where I lost my hair was doing this. <laughs> I don't know. Six kids um, will teach you a lot. That's true. Let's chalk it up to both. <laughs> Wow. Did that answer your question though, Patty? Yes, it did. And and then also I was really curious about um, you being an author, 14 books. Uh, so how did you, what was your very first book and what inspired that? The very first book was literally called Secrets to Writing Powerful Business Plans. And this was back in the 90s, early 90s. And I wrote that book because I was, I was consulting with a lot of companies uh, that were doing some, uh, you know, they wanted, they wanted to raise money for their small business and they didn't know what to do. So I started researching and how to, how to write business plans and written a couple myself and had had some success in getting those business plans funded. Anyway, um, secrets to writing powerful business plans literally was sent to an, a literary agent somewhere in Florida. I can't even re- remember where, cause she said, Hey, I've got this, uh, this uh, new company, new publisher, and they want business books. So you're a new author, they're a new company, maybe you guys can get together and see if it'll work. So they obviously changed the name, um, changed the book format around. We called it the Complete Book of Business Plans. Uh, that led into two other spinoffs of that, that book. And um, it, it would be funny to talk to some of my um, high school English teachers and even some of my friends when they would say, wait, Brian, you wrote a book. <laughs> you can barely spell your name in high school. <laughs> so, but it's, it's basically, it, you know, it gets back to that word of passion. I, I love writing now. I, I, I enjoy um, basically sharing experiences of what I've learned in, in, you know, operating a business or, coming up with some new product or service. I did, I share information of how we've done it and I talk about the good, the bad and the ugly. So it's not all the fluff of all the good stuff and all the successes. We also get down into the weeds a little bit and we talk about the failures along the way as well, or the results that we achieve. Let me put it that way and how we can take those and maneuver those obstacles and turn them literally into opportunities. So what are your, 
Yeah. So what do your children think of uh, their dad writing all these business books? And are you telling your kids that they should start their own businesses or um, what, what do they think about it all? Well, a couple of my kids are a little jaded because they look at, at all the uh, difficult times that we've had over the years in starting those businesses. And they look at it like, no, well, maybe I ought to take the other route. But I do remind them that they do have dad's DNA. <laughs> and uh, if you go back into my family history, I can go to my parents, my grandparents, my great, great grandparents, even three times great. And we're all entrepreneurs. And um, But I do have one of my sons, he's in uh, medical school right now. So he said, you know, dad, I'm, I'm, um, I'm just going to be a medical professional. I'm not going to be an entrepreneur. And I laughed when he said that. And I said, oh, so you realize that, or you, you think that doctors are not entrepreneurs? They're running their own <laughs> practice. They're running their own business. Right. He, he laughed. He said, well, yeah, I guess that's true. Maybe I'll go work for a hospital. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, most of my kids, uh, have something to do with the medical or the dental field. Um, uh, that's really where all, even my son-in-law, he's a physician's assistant. Um, so he's a PA and he does actually, uh, work for, he works at the ER. He runs at the ER at a small hospital in Arizona. So, Jeez. but well, anyway, my other, my other children are definitely involved in medical or de the dental field, including my wife. My wife is a medical assistant and works for a doctor here at a local market in Mesa. He stays busy, clearly. Just a little bit. A little. <laughs> uh, Brian, you're on, you're on the show called The Decision Hour, and uh, one of the questions that we always ask our, our guests is name a time in your life where your feet were on the line and you had to make a decision, and that could have been, you know, leaving corporate America, starting a new business, you know, moving from Utah to Arizona, whatever the case may be, but pick a time in your life where your feet were on the line, you had to make that decision and explain to our listeners what the atmosphere was like for you at that time. Well, it's a great question and deep as well. Um, I can choose from a lot of them, but let me just choose one. And you kind of alluded to it earlier, Adam, when you talked about raising money. Um, I had, uh, so out of our children and those two sets of twins, both sets of, sets of twins were born premature. Um, and the second set of twins literally was born 10 years later from the first set, almost on the same day. So we've got four, four birthdays a week apart in, uh, in February every year. <laughs> but when, when, I was, uh, when I was asked by my neighbor to come and rewrite the business plan for uh, an organization called Children's Miracle Network, uh, I said, well, I absolutely, I'll do anything that I can because my girls' lives were saved at a children's hospital, not to mention my wife had flatlined for three and a half minutes while she was delivering the babies. So I said, absolutely, I'll come and help you and do whatever we need to. But I, I asked the question, I said, so do we, or do you want to do a project or do you want to do this? How do you want to do this? And they said, let's do a project. Let's have you rewrite our business plan and we'll see where it goes. And I said, that sounds great to me. So I kind of put everything on the shelf and got to work, rewrote the business plan. The uh, project that they had had raised $700,000 the year prior. And they thought that it had more, um, you know, more uh, fundraising 
potential. And I agreed. So we rewrote the plan. We got to work. We actually passed $700,000 in fundraising in month four. And so I stayed on longer, stayed there for a year. At the end of year one, that same program that we redesigned and actually ran it like a small business had jumped from 700,000 in revenue or uh, fundraising to 5.2 million. And I was having a lot of fun and I was really enjoying raising money for these 170 children's hospitals. And the board asked me if I would stay on longer. So we did. And then one year turned into two and then it turned into five. And then all of a sudden it turned into seven years. We, we had an amazing dream team of fundraisers. We came up with new programs. We took the fundraising efforts from about 90 million a year and increased that to about 250 million a year. We raised $1.3 billion in that seven year span. It was, it was an amazing, unbelievable education. So here's where the decision then came in. I didn't really want to leave. I was enjoying what I was doing, but I, I felt like this strong burning desire that I needed to go do something else. So I had to make the decision of, and, and they let me run that, that whole uh, development team as my own business, so that was awesome. But I now was faced with the decision of doing something differently because I had this burning desire to get back out and do it on my own. And so I, I made the decision to leave and that was very difficult. That was not only difficult to leave that organization, we also uprooted our family and moved to Arizona to help take care of my wife's parents. And, um, it, you know, it's been something that's been very difficult and hard to do, but it's also been very highly rewarding. We started the veterans, uh, our foundation, Go Vets Foundation down here. Uh, we've been taking care of, uh, like I said, my wife's parents, three of my children, found their spouses here in Arizona. Um, it's been a, it's been a great ride and it was a very hard decision to leave that security of being paid a lot of money to go out and raise money for the children's hospital. We had a system in place that worked very well. And now I was, you know, telling my wife, we're going to uproot everything and go do something different. And she was on board with that. And so were the kids, you know, we were all scared about it, but it turned out that, uh, the Lord blessed us in many ways that we could never even possibly dream of. And we took a leap of faith and it's, you know, it hasn't been easy, but we, we've made it work and um, we've had, we've had a lot of help along the way and we've met some amazing people. I wouldn't have met Adam if we hadn't moved down here. Very so true. Very true. that's a friendship that I'll, I'll always cherish. And that was, you know, part of those blessings that we received from making that very difficult choice and has turned out to be very well for my family. Well, I appreciate that, Brian. Thank you very much. Uh, folks, again, if you're listening uh, to the show, that means you're online already. Open up another browser. Go to rx2live.com. Check it out. Uh, Brian, I know you're a busy guy. We're coming up on time. Any parting word? Actually, let me let me back up a second here. Uh, what's next for rx to live what can people expect to see from rx to live here in the in the near future something something very cool that we're actually doing and it came back to josh collins and sponsoring the movie operation torrent we had a crazy idea that maybe what we should do is have a little contest and put together a program that uh, we were we are literally giving away a franchise 
uh, plus a lot of coaching and consulting on. So it's a $50,000 package, five zero, $50,000 franchise and package that we're going to be giving away um, in conjunction with the documentary our, uh, for Operation Torrent. And so we're, we're, they can go online, they can see that now, even if you go to operationtorrent.com, there's a link on there that shows where the contest is. And we're going to be giving away a franchise to a military veteran. That's awesome. Um, so it's, it's open to veterans and their family members. They, they, they'll see all the rules and regs on there. That's our next step. That's one thing that we're passionate about and excited for. So a, a very willing and deserving veteran and his or her family will end up winning a very cool franchise. And lastly, before we let you go, you also have a podcast show that you do uh, yourself. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about that so they can uh, tune in? Well, it's called Health Beat. Um, we call it Health Beat, your healthy habits zone. We talk about what's healthy, uh, ideas, innovations, services, products that are out there that will literally help people find their optimal health and their optimum, optimal wealth if they want to. That's one of the areas that we cover. And then truly balance in their lives. And so it's called Health Beat, and uh, it's on the Heroes Media Group Network. All right. Thank you very much for that uh, plug. Not that I set you up for it uh, on purpose or anything. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> Proud to say it. Proud to wear it, baby. <laughs> Patty, do you got any, Patty, you got anything? Just a reminder of the websites that you have, Brian. You have a Go Vets. Um, what is that website? That is GoVetsFoundation.org. So GoVetsFoundation.org. Um, Rx2, the number two, live.com. You can also look up Rx2LiveArizona.com. And then you can see what we're doing in just the Arizona market. If you'd like to know more information about what we're doing here just in our local home state um rx to live outstanding brian we appreciate you my friend as always any parting words for our listeners uh never give up on your dreams and passions there's always someone out there who is willing to step up and help you find what your true dreams and passions are there will always be someone put into your path never give up on any of your dreams and passions that you have uh I know that there's times that we want to, but don't do it because right around the next corner could be magic happen in your life. And uh, that's the way I live my life. Love it. Great advice by a great mentor, great man, great friend. Brian, appreciate you, my friend. Thank you, Adam. Thanks, Patty. Folks, that's all the time that we have today. Uh, we appreciate you listening. We want to give a huge shout out to our home network, Heroes Media Group. Make sure you go to www.heroesmediagroup.com. Check out all the sponsors and shows of the network. For Patty, I'm Adam. Until next time, you've been listening to The Decision Hour.